This is a great training tool. It's super effective for hard movement, for focus, for execution, things like that. And then I can go out and show that it actually does translate. It works. It's proven. It's not just me talking. Hey, y'all, I'm Ryan Devlin, and welcome to the Struggle Climbing Show's Pro Clinic on all things Moonboard with the Master of Moon, the King of Crimp, the Sultan of Snap, Ravioli Biceps. Whether you're obsessed with the board or perhaps more like me and just starting to explore it as a training tool and a fun way to engage with the climbing community, Ravioli is here to break down common challenges and offer up pro tips for beginner, intermediate, and advanced climbers as it relates to training and performance on the most challenging 8x12 section of plywood on the planet. So while many of you listeners are probably familiar with the Moonboard, I think it'll be helpful to offer up a quick overview for those who are just discovering this somewhat mysterious chapter in the dark arts of climbing. Created and named after the legendary climber Ben Moon, the Moonboard came out uh, in 2005, I think, but it's really picked up steam in the last handful of years due to its features of being able to connect climbers across the globe. The 8 foot by 12 foot board overhangs at 40 degrees, which when you watch the videos, you're like, oh, that looks totally doable. And then you get on it and you're like, oh my God, 40 degrees is really hard, at least for me. And of course, the board is set the exact same, the same footholds and the same handholds, whether you're climbing in your local gym or in South Korea. And it's that standardization that's made the board so popular and also such a great tool. Today's guest, Ravioli Biceps, is the absolute guru on all things moon. Ravioli's done more than 4,000 problems on the board, including all of the 400-plus benchmarks on the 2016 set. He has consistently sat at or near the top spot of the Moonboard rankings for years now. At the time of recording this, he is holding the number 6 spot in the U.S., and for reference, Jonathan Segrist is at number 25, and this podcast host is coming in strong at the 19,035th spot. I'm new to the game, though, guys, so put a little bullet next to that 19,000. Today, Ravioli covers everything from the infamously sandbagged grading of the Moonboard to how to best utilize the board to prep for an outdoor proj, to demystifying the board for those who have walked past it at their gym a hundred times and never pulled on. That was me for a very long time, in fact. He also offers up actionable beta for those who are looking to ascend through the moon benchmarks, including one very easy trick to send your stopper moon problem, but it might cost you a few bucks. This pro clinic is made possible by patrons of the show. If you're a patron, thank you. I love you. You get access to this entire episode as well as the growing library of pro clinics and, of course, early and ad-free episodes. If you're not a patron, I still love you, and I'd love for you to consider joining the struggle community, and I will tell you more about that in a little bit. But first, let's dyno up to K18 with Ravioli Biceps. Hey, man, I'm so psyched to be jumping into the moon board with you. Uh, but first, I guess we got to set the stage here. Uh, typically, I'd be catching you at the gym or, you know, J-Star's garage or something like that. But you are in Bishop right now. It looks gorgeous out there. And I just saw you posted that you ticked the proj on day one direction v13 dude that's so mega and you know i want to hear a little bit about that but i also i want to understand 
how you've prepared for it. I'm I'm assuming uh, it's been on the moon board quite a bit. Yeah, it's great. I mean, and it's 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 one of those moments like I feel, I've been climbing so long, like I have to just enjoy that. I have to just live in it for a little bit, you know. And oh, what's next? What's this? What's that? Okay, well, let me just enjoy this for a sec. Pressure's off. Um, I feel like I'm climbing well. I'm executing well. And to go back to your question of what have I been doing to prepare? That's a lot of it in the last couple of months. It's just getting on the board with intention, with um, with drive, with uh, execution on the mind, accuracy, just to make that transition to outdoor climbing a little bit easier. So when I'm stepping onto something that's hard, like in the 11, 12 range on the board, which is right at my limit, I can have that same mindset come into direction. And it worked perfectly yesterday. It was great. Just firing on all cylinders. It felt really nice. Sick, dude. Congratulations. That's a, a hell of a way to start a trip. And it's funny, we're going we're gonna to dive into all things Moonboard uh, in a second. And, and maybe the first thing I'll, I'll dive into here is kind of your note on the grades, because you said, you know, like 11, 12 kind of in, in limit for you on the Moonboard. Of course, <laughs> the, the rig that you just climbed was V13. The, the the moon board is so sandbagged that it like I think it's just intended to make us climbers feel either really strong when we get outside or just really freaking humbled when we're trying to work thing on the moon board or or is that just my perception of it I mean do you feel that that grades on the moon board are are more challenging than the, what you would find in the wild Oh yeah and there's I mean, there's no better jumping off point to talking about a moon board than talking about the grays, right? It's just number one in the room. Um, I really find that I just let go all grades. Just, okay, I know I've been climbing on the board so long. I just know where it gets hard and where it's doable, what's what's in the realm, what's right at my limit. Um, and it just, at this point for me, it's problem by problem, like set by set, whether I'm setting or I'm trying to do something that someone sent me or someone set. It's just, I really focus on the individual problem. And I think you can do that at all levels. We can go into a little bit further, but yeah, specifically from 2016 to 2019, I think everything above the 10, 7C plus on the 2019 set is just, okay, it's wild west. Like it just seems like that is a, it's, it's a hard cap. And if I do something, you know, even though I feel like I can climb harder outside. I feel like my limit's a little higher. If I do something harder than a V10 on the 2019 set, I'm so excited. It's it's a huge session for me. Yeah, that's rad. I like that that you know you kind of have a, a perspective that like the moonboard is its own thing and it doesn't necessarily need to perfectly equate to to grades that are you know outside. I guess before we get specific on the on the moonboard, what is it about the moon board that has made you so psyched that that draws you to it compared to other boards out there other styles of climbing set problems spray walls you you live in vegas you've got your fair share of incredible rigs out out in nature what is it about the moon board that's so special i've always been a fan of of spray walls uh, jonathan has a great spray wall and where i started climbing in chicago um at Hidden Peak underneath the gymnastic gym. It was just a big spray wall. We used to make things up or there'd be things that would be taped. There'd be these big, long sequenced, you know, traversing up and down figure eights to get ready for the Red River Gorge. And uh, I've always been attracted to just a bunch of holds on a wall and 
figuring out, okay, what did we do last time? Let's set something. So that's always been something that's been appealing to me. Um, I think the moon board just hits on a bunch of different levels for the versatility, for uh, like the universal nature of setting and being able to connect with people from all over the world, you know, that I would never have such a close connection with all of these South Korean climbers if it weren't for the board or, you know, connecting through Instagram or uh, trying each other's problems and things like that. So um, that community aspect is huge. The creativity and being able to set, try other people's sets. When I get people that send me things, oh, I get so excited. If I get a message that's, hey, I just set this thing. It's my first set. Do you want to check it out? You know, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. That's what it's all about. People adding, people having the buy-in, getting excited. Um, and then specifically for me for like training purposes, it gives my fingers the feeling of campusing without the monotony of campusing. And it gives my core a good feeling of getting worked and engaged in a way that sometimes commercial gym sets don't give me. Yeah, I really like that community aspect about it as well. And I'm, I'm a total noob when it comes to moonboarding, so we should um, probably establish that right now. I've only been really just fiddling around on the moonboard for, for less than a year. And I don't know, maybe for the past six months, I've tried to work maybe one board day into most of my weeks of training for that finger power, like you touched on. We can talk a little bit more about the the benefits and that kind of thing. I've got pretty weak fingers. I'm more of a long, pumpy, endurance-style climber. So, you know, my coach that I'd been working with at, at Lattice has suggested that I get on a board one day a week. So I've been working on the moon board. Um, we'll talk a little bit about my struggles um, as as we get into the case studies here in beginner, intermediate, and advanced. I'm, I'm squarely in beginner. But I do like that community aspect that you touched on. I like the universality of the moon board. But before we get into specifics, I'm, I'm wondering because it has taken me a long time to discover the moon board and I just walked past it you know, every time I went into the gym, and I, I see a lot of people doing that as well, it it can feel a little intimidating, I guess. And so I guess my first question for you, Ravioli, is who is the moon board for? Yeah, the moon board is for everyone. And I think you hit on something that I wanted to talk about anyway, saying that you had walked by it and maybe had a curiosity, looked at it, thought, I, I don't really know what's going on. It's kind of like I'm looking at a poster in a different language or something like what's happening. Um, and I think beginners have that when they walk into a gym and they see like a pegboard or a campus board or all these little symmetrical things and colors and tape and things like that. So, um, yeah, one of my goals always on the board is to, if someone's, someone walks by and they look or they come up and they have a question, I always try to get people the information, get them a little bit of buy-in. Um, so yes, I think the moon board is for everyone. I think it's really just still in its infancy and that's a really exciting place to be. Um, and like you said, when we go into beginner stuff, I have some tips for understanding, learning, but I think it's on the people that are listening, your audience, if they're more, if they're just more knowledgeable about the board, they've been on it, they spent some time. Um, it's on everybody to teach and get people in and make a space for them. Hell yeah. Well, look, your your positivity and your psych for all things Moonboard is just, it's, it's contagious and it really makes you a fantastic ambassador for the board. So before we jump in though, um, and we're about to, to dive into some of your great tips 
uh, for beginner, intermediate, and advanced. But before we do, this is the Struggle Climbing Show, Ravioli. So we have to start with Struggle Man. And as dominant as you are on the board, surely you can dig deep and find a struggle. What is your biggest struggle or where have you struggled with regard to the moon board specifically? Yeah. And, and I'm someone who has a an undying love for pain and suffering. So we can look at it through <laughs> that lens as well, where uh, I do enjoy the struggle. Um, so specifically what I have written down here and identified as my struggles on the moon board, when I moved from 2016 to 2019, um, on the 2016 set, I felt like I had very strong fingers, which I always identified as a weakness of my climbing for years and years. I have big fingers, big hands. I like big, powerful moves, steep things. So I was like, I don't know if I can do this micro crimping and things like that. I did well in that on 2016, just by brute forcing consistency on it. And when I moved to 2019, it has these small pinches and big moves, big, accurate moves on a lot of the benchmarks, um, really small, um, thumb engagement on certain wood holds. And I was struggling on power while like really stretched out, like being explosive while at my, um, like at my span limit, something I had to work on, like just one arm pulling, um, I had to work on that. That was a weakness uh, early on. I've gotten better with it, but still a weakness. Uh, my shoulder mobility is pretty good squared to the board. But when I start getting, when I start getting twisted, doing like, you know, a cross under like a deep cross under, you know, or like a small, like a deep cross under to like a, a rollout. Um, I find like my shoulders not to be as strong in those positions. So things I'm working on and just understanding as I get further along and like deeper into the 2019 set and certain moves like that, that I've been trying to focus on. Yeah. It's great that it, it, it just forces whatever style climber you are, there's going to be a, a benchmark on there. That's going to force you out of your comfort zone and into working on different things that um, you, you need to, in order to become a better climber. Uh, let's, let's dive in. Let's talk about beginners first squarely put myself into this category of beginner. Um, is there just, I guess, before we get into kind of the common pitfalls and some tips and tricks, uh, and, and advice that you would have for somebody like myself or somebody who's fairly new to, to moonboarding, is there a designation within the moonboard community on what would be considered a beginner? I had a couple conversations like reference this and, um, I'm thinking that for beginner intermediate advanced, I'll stick with grades, but the caveat on that is that. If you're on the moon board, I, I really don't think you're a beginner in general. If you're spending a decent amount of time, even once a week on the moon board, I don't consider anybody that's doing that a beginner climber. And we'll go into if you are actually maybe like a sub one year climber or six months, six month climber, uh, things you can do. But um, for grades, we'll stick with that. I think on the 2019 set, it goes six A plus is the beginning. So B3. Um, and I would say six A plus to. 6C, so V5. Um, on the 2016 set, it starts at V4. So I would say that V4 to 5 range is beginner, which is, again, take it with a grain of salt, just like the grades in general. But for the purposes of this podcast, let's say that. Yeah, great. Well, that's 100% me. Uh, my gym has the, the um, 2016 
set, which starts at V4. And like I've said, some of those V4s feel like maybe V6s. Um, I've done mostly V4s. I've, well, first of all, I've gotten shut down by a ton of V4s. But then of the climbs that I have done on the moon board, they've uh, mostly been V4s. I, I guess I've done a few V5. Um, no V6, I don't think. But in any case, I'm squarely in the beginner. So you're talking to me in this section here. But it's also nice to know in the 2019 set that it starts with V3, so it makes it a little bit more accessible. And so let's look at that first. Maybe somebody who hasn't climbed on a moonboard at all. They've been climbing like the set problems at the gym for a while or climbing outside. Uh, they're probably strong enough to be climbing on the moonboard, but they haven't been on it yet. Let's talk about common pitfalls or challenges and uh, advice that you have for those climbers, and then we can get into... Uh, those that are more like me who have been climbing on the moon forward for a little bit, but are still in that kind of sub V5 grade. Yeah. So uh, challenges, I would say, if you're just getting into the moon board, it can be a little dense. Um, and I think that has some positives, but obviously if something's hard to get into or hard to set up, then you're just going to have that barrier right away. Are you going to hold people's attention long enough for them to actually get meaningful sessions or some buy-in on the board. So just the logistics of setting up the app, uh, knowing how to reset or set up the Bluetooth because it's not exactly explained. It's like a button on the app that's like a little light bulb and then it'll pop up a prompt to connect to the Bluetooth. And that's if there are lights in general. And then what does this mean? Okay, you have to do an app on your phone. It's just a couple steps. And I think getting that initial setup takes a minute um, where that's where I would say to people out there moonboarding, if someone's interested or curious, take that five minutes, 10 minutes to get them set up. Okay. This is the set that we're using. It's 2016. We have this, these three holds it's hold set, a hold set B original school holds um, because all that can be just a little daunting or overwhelming. If you're like, well, I just want to climb on this thing. Yeah, it can be, it can be, um, just speaking from my own experience, it can be a little intimidating, especially when you walk in and if there's people there who are, you know, crushing, like if you go during a yeah. busy time and there's, you know, a handful of people and they're just like really efficient about getting in, like it can be your analogy there of like a poster in a foreign uh, language is, is very apt. I think it almost feels like it's its own thing. Um, at my gym, it doesn't have the lights which, you know, sh shout out to climb Nulu, get your shit together and like we're spending a lot of money, like put some lights on your moon board. Uh, but you know, then there's the added, there's the added level of that where you like, you pull it up on the app and then you got to try to remember what the route is, you know, cause I'm not putting sticky notes up there. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but um, there, there's loads of struggles. I think for, for beginners as we're getting into the moon board, that doesn't even have to do with literally the, the power or the movement. Yeah, itself. Just the admin setup and then going into that of, okay, what's the benchmark? What, what does it mean? Most, most people, if they're climbing, they're just going to go through the benchmarks. Um, uh, this kind of ties nicely into my first tip is that if you're just getting on the board, or you've been on it a couple of times, maybe you have a friend who climbs on it a bit. And, and that's where I would challenge the friend, get your friends set up, teach them, get them in, get them invested. And they can be a stranger too. Just, it only takes a few minutes, get them, get them going. But when you're, let's say you, you're walked by 10 times the moon board, you know, you walk by it 10 times on that 11th time, you're like, you know what, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to set it up. I would say, just start by climbing on it. 
just climb on it, treat it as a spray wall. Don't even put the lights on. Just try to maybe get to the top, feel out some holds, feel out some grips, positions. Um, it's designed on that straight angle and with the holds and the volume of the holds, like the, the lower profile, the smaller holds, like even if you are just climbing on it just to get to the top, you're still going to be engaging your fingers, your core, and you're going to be finding out and developing some skill there. Uh, if there's some lights on and maybe you're walking up and like you said, people are crushing or they have, you know, their own little thing going and they seem, they don't seem bothered to explain to you, um, jump on and just try to touch your hands to the lights that there that are up. You know, if it's like a V4, V5, there's a bunch of lights on, just grab the lights, your hands, don't worry about the feet, use any feet and just start getting that muscle memory, start getting those reps on the board. So you can start to feel what it's like, because it's the same as walking up to a problem that a bunch of people are climbing just in the gym and you want to try it out. Just try two moves, try it from the middle, try it from the beginning, try it from the end. I like that. It's so funny. Um, you say that it seems so obvious, but I have never done it. I've, I've literally, I don't know, you get something in your mind where you're like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to pull it up on the app and here's the thing I need to do. Like, of course you could just use it as a spray wall, just like step up to it and climb and make some big moves or make some not big moves or do some crosses or start on the lower right corner and try to end at the upper left corner. What You know, like, it, of course you could do that. I don't know why I haven't done that, but now I'm, I'm feeling like this is probably what I'll do the next time I go. <laughs> and it will be a little less intimidating even than just, you know, falling off after move two on every problem that I pull up. Yeah. And I still, that's something I still do. So it can go into intermediate, into advanced. I think it's a great way to get your brain working for setting as well. What moves am I drawn to? Uh, everyone has their individual style and, you know, jumping at, jumping a little bit ahead when I talk about encouraging people to set. I want everyone's perspective on the board. So if you're naturally like, oh, I love doing big crossover moves, or I like starting with an undercling and doing a small move set up to a big move. Like these are things that, you know, I've climbed so many problems on the moon board that I get done climbing them. And I'm like, I never would have found that. This is great. It's amazing. So um, it's a great way to get your brain working if you're just kind of freestyling on the board. Cool. I love it. All right. What else in the beginner territory here that um, you see people either as a common pitfall or just some advice, some sage advice from uh, the guru here <laughs> for the moon board? Yeah. So I have, once you're kind of in it, this is, you have the app. It's maybe part of your training, part of your weekly. You do it once a week, twice a week. You're more up to speed with how everything works. I would say Climb the benchmarks, but don't overlook the non-benchmarks. Sort by non-benchmarks, sort by most repeated. You'll start to get a lot of momentum in those problems. And typically the benchmarks are maybe, maybe they highlight a specific move or something that's tough or some extra tension in, within that grade. Whereas let's say if you're on the 19 set and you sort by most repeated V3s, you might get some similar movements and you know, some easier movements and things like that, that you can use to build up your base as you go on. So, so what, just to pause there for a second, what makes a benchmark a benchmark? Okay. To demystify a little bit of the bench process, it's a group of administrators that have access to benchmark problems. That's about as one line as it can be. It's people who are very active on the board. It's um, people who are 
typically setting or very involved. So it can be different what people look for in a bench, but it should be something that highlights at least some sort of um, unique movement or challenging movement within the grade. Um, something that looks looks at or uses holds in a different way than maybe they're always used. Let's say if it's, well, I don't know. I mean, just off the top of my head, like E14 is on the 2016 set is like E14 is that like vertical black pinch. It's like the black beauty pinch. So if you were to use something like that for, you know, a left hand, okay. A lot of people use it for a left hand. Maybe you use it for a left hand and then it forces a match with like a really good foot. Okay. That's using the hold in a different way. That's kind of giving you a little bit more insight as to what's possible on the board. So that, that's at least my philosophy on what I'm looking for on a benchmark, something that's a little bit unique. doesn't have to be so off the wall, like everything's an underclean all the way up. Like that's not interesting, but one aspect that maybe differentiates it from the rest of the grade or the way that the problem comes. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And so then you're saying, obviously you can sort by benchmarks, but then you can sort by most repeated, the most repeated, the the most popular in, in essence. Yeah. Um, may may not be benchmarks, but people love them for whatever reason. There's cool movement, or it's slightly easier, or whatever. And 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 so for us beginners, yes, take a look at benchmarks. Those should be pretty high quality problems. But look at most repeated as well. Even if they're not a benchmark, it may be something that's fun to climb on. Yeah, exactly. That's a piece of advice. That's a through line to beginner, intermediate, and advanced. Is that just explore other things outside outside the range where you're maybe plateauing or where you're maybe stuck. I get a bunch of messages where hey, I'm I'm kind of stalling out on this grade or, you know, I have maybe a couple benchmarks left, but my advice is always to uh, explore other non-benchmarks, uh, lower grades, higher grades, seems counterintuitive, but we'll save that a little bit more for intermediate. Um, what I have as far as another tip for the beginner level is Please, please, please. I don't want to see anyone get hurt on the board. I know the board kind of has this double-edged side to it and the darker side might be the finger injuries or the tendonitis or things like that. I don't want to see that. I do believe it's avoidable. Um, believe me, the board is fun. I climb it all the time. It's pretty exclusive to what I do. Just don't climb for like two hours and then go get on the board. Uh, climb for two hours like with your friends and you're trying like your hardest gym problems and you're having a great session, just let that be, go do some core work after that. Don't board, you know, maybe do a warm up. maybe do a couple of maybe half an hour if you want of gym problems, but make the board the focus because when you start losing your core, when you start overcompensating with your fingers or your chicken wing, things like that, that's where I think things go wrong and they can, they can just spiral quickly. So. Uh, that would be my advice. And then for more concrete advice, I would say, keep your board sessions early to, uh, like as, as a beginner level, keep them to 30 minutes or less. I think that's a good rule of thumb is to just, if you're just starting on the board, get into it, but keep it to 30 minutes or less. If it's a big group, I would push that to an hour because you might not get as much climbing in, but if it's just you one and one on the board, I would say 30 minutes or less. Yeah. And that I'm assuming brings in not only power, right? That you want to, you want to stay fresh. So you have a full tank of top end power to be able to do the, the snappy, powerful movements that the moon board demands, but also to some extent, um, I'm thinking about kind of mental or emotional fatigue, not 
doing too long of a session or the moon board might beat you down. Yeah, the board really, it rewards or punishes how much discipline you have. So uh, keep that in mind as you uh, go on your journey for benchmarks early on. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to warm up, but not too much. Um, we're going to climb benchmarks, but also search most repeated. We're going to also just treat it as a spray wall, move around, feel the holds, have some fun, just get acclimated and, and familiar with the holds and with some of the movement. We're going to get in and we're going to get out. We're not going to spend too much time there. Uh, anything else for, for, well, I've got a question as, as a, as a beginner. Why aren't there more jugs on a moon board? Why aren't there any big, giant holds for me to just sink my hand into? Can you talk to, to Ben Moon and say, hey, just put like a giant jug in the middle for Ryan? It's funny. I was just having a conversation about this as well. And, oh, and I will send him that message. I'll make sure uh, we just and we and we make sure it says Ryan right in the middle. You know, it's etched, etched in there. It's it'll be on the the Ryan the, jug. The 2023 set for you. Oh, uh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, got you. Um, but I think that the bigger the holds get, and comparing moonboard problems to commercial gym problems, um, a lot of times you'll have a big hold, big satisfying hold in the middle, and you can kind of just let your core chill. Like it can be loose. You're hanging on your arms and. You can maybe do this nice, big, satisfying move to the next, you know, bright, rounded, uh, satisfying hold to grab. And I think the bigger the holds get on the board, since it's such a defined space, uh, you start to get more of that lax body feel. And that's not what the board is trying to accomplish. It's trying to accomplish that tension throughout every move. So it forces mm. footwork, it forces core it forces accuracy and fingers and power and coordination and i think the bigger the holds get the more you lose a little bit of that yeah th that actually makes a ton of sense i mean i was just kind of joking and you provided i think a really insightful answer there about that the, the moon board is a specific tool that is can be fun um it could also be miserable at times i suppose but uh at its core it is training up very specific skills and for me to want to just have a big fat jug to rest on in the middle is a little ridiculous but also just thinking about my style of climbing i seek of course what makes me feel a little bit more comfortable uh and and so the moonboard pushes me out of that comfort zone but that's what's good for me and i think probably what's going to be good for a lot of people who are listening right now as well same here i'm always pushed out of my comfort zone even you know after four thousand plus problems <laughs> So it doesn't end. <laughs> Shit. Uh, all right. Well, that's it's good to know that uh, you're still getting pushed as well. So, Revely, is there anything else here in this beginner chapter that you want to cover before we dino our way over to intermediate? No, I would say, um, and I'll encourage this at the end as well, but if you have questions or you have additional, you know, things where, hey, it's just, it's just I'm the only person who moonboards in my city and insert XYZ place. Um, and I have questions on this, shoot me a message. Like I try to read everything, you know, try to get back to everybody. So um, if you have questions or you have things, uh, I'm happy to spend a few minutes and, and help you get on board. He'll, he'll even do a podcast for you if you reach <laughs> out. So um, be, be careful, <laughs> be careful how much you put yourself out there, Ravioli. All right, let's talk about intermediate and, and what grades and experience on the moon board would you pin that okay, at? So for grades, let's go uh, 60, 
60 plus, which is like V5, V5 plus to 7B, 7B plus, which is V8, V8 plus. All right, cool. So V5 to V8 plus, plus or minus, and, and understanding, of course, that that's moonboard grades and uh, the relative grade outside or on the set problems in the gym may be a little bit higher than those, at least in my experience, as we've discussed. But that's where you're at. And, and obviously at this point, then you've been climbing on the board a little bit. Uh, maybe starting to progress, starting to get that psych. Maybe I'm on the cusp of that myself. We shall see. I, I might need a few more sessions, but let's talk about this intermediate moonboard climber and any common challenges or pitfalls that you see with that climber. Well, first off, I think this uh, high-end beginner into intermediate is one of the most exciting places to be as a moonboarder. So welcome. You're in it. You're probably recognizing some names of setters. You're probably recognizing some uh, some videos, or you have maybe a group of friends where you're all trying similar benchmarks. Like it's an awesome place to be. I would be careful because typically people who excel, and I was the same way, into six, seven, eight. You're smashing through benchmarks. Oh, cool! I got all the fives. Uh, I'm working all the sixes. I, I've done a bunch of sevens. Uh, And that right there, my friends, wraps up your free intro to mastering the dark arts of the moonboard with the master himself, Ravioli Biceps. I love this dude. There's another 30 plus minutes of beta insight and stoke that Ravioli drops on us for intermediate and advanced climbers, as well as circling back to some concepts that apply to all ability levels, including a little trick that he uses to send a stubborn problem when the board just isn't cooperating. He is such a good guy, and not only have I learned a ton from this chat with him, but I'm also incredibly psyched to get better at this thing that is truly my anti-style. I've been working on the board for maybe like six months now, kind of off and on, maybe one day a week, and um, honestly, I'm really seeing it translate to my sport climbing. So if you'd like to hear the rest of this chat, as well as gain access to the full library of pro clinics covering topics from finger training to endurance to big wall tactics as presented, by the best climbers in the game, pop on over to patreon.com slash the struggle climbing show to check things out. For about the price of a cheap beer each month, you're going to gain pro access, early and ad-free episodes, swag, and you'll be supporting the pod and the climbers like me who are working their harnesses off to make it happen week after week. You can, of course, cancel at any time. No worries. I'm grateful for whatever support you can throw my way. I hope you're gaining some value out of these interviews. All right, y'all, the struggle makes us stronger. Let's climb hard and do good things in the world.